and so today we're going to pick up where we left off over the last, uh, from last week. We've been on a series that we're calling I Am One. I Am One. And the whole basis of what we're digging into from the Word is that the, the Bible talks about us being one body. One body. And many times, if you look at it, when you come into a facility that some people refer to as a church, how many of you know that the building is not the church? That the church is the people, right? You are the body of Christ, is what the Bible says, what God's word declares. And so when you go to work, the church is there. When you're on the bus, the church is there. When you are in that restaurant after you get out of here and you go get some lunch or something, the church is there. As you're driving in your car, the church is there. When you get to that person who's collecting the toll at the toll booth, the church is there. And so we are a body. But many times uh, what we see is that within the body of Christ, we suffer from a plague, a mentality that says, I'm individual. I am a part of the body. When the reality is that what we see from Scripture is that God sees us as one body. God doesn't see Yogi, and God doesn't see Oscar, and God doesn't see Lou. God doesn't see Melanie and Monique. He sees one body. Let me show you that from Scripture because it's very important for us to understand that this isn't just a good idea. This isn't a man's idea. This is God's idea. And that's important for us to wrap our minds and our hearts around because the, the sooner we become uh, we, we get to a place where we begin to see ourselves as one united in the faith, the more opportunity exists for us to work and accomplish all that God has called us to as one. Amen? Amen. So Romans 12 verses 4 through 5, just recapping from last week, very quickly, just going to touch on some scriptures and some, some main points that we hit. Romans 12 verses 4 and 5 says this, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. One body in Christ. Last week we learned this, that God's equation for the body of Christ is not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals one. One. We're only one. And so though we are many, we are only one. That's a big point to consider, that while we're many and while we're individual and while we have different talents and different capacities and different functions in the body, we're all one. Let me prove that to you. You bang your toe in your house on a, a counter or whatever, and I guarantee you that while the pain exists in your foot, your eyes react, your hands react, your mouth reacts, the whole body is affected. Why? Because we're one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 14 says this. Yes, the body has many different parts. Say that with me. Many different parts. Many different parts. Say that with me. Many different parts. But not just one part. That's important for us to consider. Have you ever thought about how important you are to the body of Christ? That without you... The body of Christ is incomplete. Have you thought about that? That just as much as we need God, God needs us. Now, I know that might sound radical to some of us, but the Bible clearly states that we are co-laborers with God in 
Christ Jesus. You know what co-laboring talks about? It talks about two people working in unison to accomplish one purpose. That's how important you are to the body. So without you, we are incomplete. And Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, recapping the words of Jesus, Jesus speaking here says this. He says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. The point here is clear that Jesus is making. That if we're not united as one, we're divided. And the danger in that, when we disassociate ourselves from the body, when we say, well, you know, I'm a child of God and God is with me and I can have church all by myself in my house. You know, you can bring the church to your house and that's true. But according to the example of what God says, not what we say, what God says, he says that the church is better together than that is apart. And so last week, we learned that in God's eyes, we're one. But this week, we're going to learn of one of the most important reasons as to why we must grow in this understanding that we're one body. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16. This is the Apostle Paul speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says this. He says, and he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, that's a whole nother study in itself. And in the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to be touching on that. We're going to be talking about structure within the body and how the body works best in unison and how things are structured. And that's important for us to understand because that's how the body flows from the top down. And so verse 12 goes on to give us the reason why these gifts are given to the body. And it says, for the equipping of the saints, listen closely, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That word edifying there simply means to build up. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Say that with me, unity. Unity, I want you to start wrapping your head around that word unity and what it actually means. Because there's an emphasis that God is placing through his word on how the body's supposed to function. And so he says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, that means a complete man. A man who lacks nothing. A man that is fully equipped in every area of his life. He has everything that he needs and requires to function the way God created him. And so it says that we come to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Notice that what we're supposed to reach. Do you know that you and I are meant to be just like Christ here on earth? Oh, pastor, that can't be possible. I'm imperfect. Well, guess what? When God decided that he wanted to reach the entire world, the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus came in the form of a man and that he was acquainted with all of our imperfections, our weaknesses. In other words, he became just like us so that we could become just like him. 
what a, what a mind-blowing thought. That the world today needs Jesus. Would you agree with me on that? That this world today needs more of a revelation of God. Well, guess what? It's right there wherever you go. Because Christ lives in you. And so we need to begin to grow in this understanding. And so God wants that to happen, but that happens uh, in the unity of the faith. Verse 14 says this, that the reason why God desires this is that so that we should no longer be children, that we should no longer be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but instead speaking the truth in love. Watch this, because when that's the, the environment, when that's how we're growing in a unity of a faith, it says that we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and knit together, watch this, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And look at the final equation. Look at the result here, which causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so what do we see here? What we see here is that God is painting a picture for us to not just wrap our brains around, but to allow to impact our hearts and our belief in such a way that what we realize is that everything that we need individually from God, we get from being corporately united as one. As one. Let me show you that. Let me, let's go back to verse 13. Look at God's heart here. He says that we should all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. That's true north. That's the north on our compass. That's where we're all pointed towards. But notice this, that it can't happen when we exist individually from one another. Notice that it happens in the unity of the faith. Notice that it happens when we're one. Say this with me. We're better together then we are apart. We belong as one. Amen. According to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. So today's big idea centers around this one point. That unity amongst us impacts the entire community. Unity amongst us impacts the entire community. Let me show you what I mean by that. I've got a bundle of sticks here. Uh, Joe, you mind helping me out, Joey? Joey, see, Joey's been working out, man. Have you noticed how his arms are swelling up now? Joey's doing all these crazy calisthenics with his brother. So, Joey, I want you to take a stick from this bundle. Right? Just take one stick, and you can put the bundle down. Right? Just, just pull it out of there, right? All right. And uh, here's what I want you to do, Joey. I want you to use those muscles, right? And I want you to take that stick, and with all your strength, break it. Man, that didn't... That was... Pretty, pretty legit, man. The muscles are really working, man. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want, to take, I want you to take, you know, the larger half of that stick, and I want you to put it in that bundle with that string. Just kind of just stick it in there and grab the bundle, right? Just kind of get it in there somehow, however you can, right? And now what I want you to do, now I want you to notice that the stick is right in there 
with the rest of the bundle. It's right there smack in the middle. Now what I want you to do is this, Joe. I want you to try and break that bundle along with that stick as hard as you can. Go for it. No, no, no. Don't just try and snap it in half right down the middle, just like you did with the other one. I want you to think about now. Man, he's really, the veins were popping out of his biceps there, man. You look like Lou Ferrigno there for a minute. I want you to think about this. Joey, why do you think it was so hard to break that bundle? Because they're all conjoined together. Exactly. But watch this. Individually, each branch, each stick, whatever you want to call that in this bundle, has its own ability to support a certain amount of pressure. But eventually, it can snap. But together, what happens? It's complete. It remains complete and intact. It's unbreakable. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate it. Give Joey a hand. Thank you so much for volunteering for us there, that little example. And so are you starting to get a picture? Listen, uh, in, in, I read a, a book once. Um, it's by a guy named Rudyard Kipling. And it's a book called The Jungle Book. And in this book, there's a statement in there that always stuck with me. It says this. Now, this is the law of the jungle. As true as the sky and the wolf that shall keep it will prosper. But the wolf, the wolf that shall break it will die. And he says this. The strength of the pack is the wolf. And the strength of the wolf is the pack. Why don't you think about that? The pack depends upon each wolf. So if one wolf is missing from the pack, that pack is in trouble. But if the pack is separated from the wolf and the wolf separates itself from the pack, guess what? It's equally, they're all equally in trouble. Are you seeing the power of unity and how it impacts the entire community? Listen, the Bible says that God has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. That he's instilled everything in you that you need for life and godliness. That is true. But according to God's design, that doesn't flow independent of the body. Independent. You want to try a little example when you get out of here on your own time? And just a disclaimer... Anything said here is not an endorsement of Church at the Bridge for anybody here to do individually. They do it at their own risk. Go home and chop your hand off. <laughs> see how that hand works after you cut it off your arm. It won't. You see what I mean? And by the way, that was a joke, but the disclaimer was true and it's on tape. <laughs> see, individually, this one stick that Joey took, he could break it. Because it was on its own. Eventually it could break. But once it's joined to the bundle, it's strong. And it remains whole because it's joined to one whole bunch. Here's the operative word. One. One. When we're united as one, we remain complete. But we also remain unbreakable. If we could just take that down to the very basic level. You ever found yourself in a difficult season of life? And you had a group of believers that surrounded themselves around you. Something as simple as, hey man, how you doing? 
How'd that work out for you? Just want you to know I'm praying for you. Hey, just thought about you. Love you. I want you to think about the strength of the pack. Because unity impacts everyone. It evenly distributes the anointing, the power, the blessing, the provision, the strength of God in us all. Amen? So for the next couple of minutes that I have, I just want to give you some key points that I want you to consider about the impact of our unity, the impact of, of when we uh, adopt and this becomes a part of our very fabric and our heart belief. Uh, the impact of our unity. Turn with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, it says, For my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit, what? Together. In unselfish love, so that they may have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God, that is, Christ. So here's what I want you to see, that encouragement flows where unity abounds with love. Encouragement flows where unity abounds with love. I have a cousin of mine uh, that I met this, this earlier this year. I, I got a bunch of family that I've never met. And so earlier this year, there was a wedding for one of my cousin's daughters, and a cousin of mine came up from Florida with uh, his entire family. And, uh, you know, we were, we, after the wedding, we all got together in, in one of my other cousin's home in Staten Island, and it was just packed. And if you get a bunch of Salvadorians together, right, if you get a bunch of Salvadorians together, and we're all family, guess what we're eating? Pupusas. Oh, you don't know nothing about that. You got to find out about that, Right? with some curtido, and you have some horchata, and then you have some tamal de lote, with, oh, you, you, you guys are looking at me like deer in headlights. So, right, you, you, have, you haven't tasted heaven yet, all right? You got you to gotta get some pupusas. But anyway, I'm just kidding. But we got together, and, uh, you know, we're just having a great time and talking, and, I'm, you know, a few of us don't know each other, so we're all getting along and all that. And this one cousin of mine um, starts uh, telling a story. He was kidding us, but... I, I don't have time to get into the story, but the, the, whole, the whole point is that he lost a piece of his finger, the tip, right, of his uh, uh, pointer finger on, his, uh, on one of his hands. So he lost the tip of his finger, but he was saying that while he was, at, he was on the job, and he's some kind of uh, specialized machine operator type stuff. He does some real fancy stuff and makes boohoo bucks for it. But he was operating this machine, and, and it has some sort of... Uh, saw or laser, whatever it is, uh, but it's very, uh, it can cut you real quick, like it can literally dismember you very quickly. And so he was doing something and he lost sight of what he was doing. He got distracted, but he continued to operate this machine. And he literally lobs off his finger and it was just hanging by skin, right? It's literally hanging. I'm not trying to creep you guys out. But in his mind, he, 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 he says, I didn't know what to think, so I just started laughing. And he goes, yo, my finger, my finger. And I was like, you're crazy, man. Um, but he says, no, but then I just, you know, I just grabbed a, a piece of rope or something, and I just kind of tied it around my finger, right, the rest of my finger, and I just kind of just held it there. 
and they were waiting for an ambulance, and the ambulance took too long, so he just jumped in a car with somebody, and they drove him over there. And so uh, uh, some time had passed, and he had this rope on his finger. Now, if you look at my finger, what, what's happening right now? It's turning red, right? And eventually, and I don't even have it that tight, but eventually it will turn blue. Now, at surface level, in, in our own purview, what we see is it's turning red. You know, it's, you know, the blood isn't flowing. But what he didn't know was this, that by the time he got to the hospital, he had cut off the, the flow of blood for so long that they could not reattach the finger. They told him, we have to, we have to cut it off. And I want you to consider a thought here. That what blood is to our natural body, unity in love amongst the body of Christ is to us all. It, it's the same thing to us. Just as a body part, see, we, we see it and we go, the finger's red. It's getting blue. Really what's happening is that because there's no flow of blood, that body part is slowly dying slowly dying. And so just as a body part will die if the blood supply is cut off, so will we individually if we cut off from unity with the body. A process of decay will begin to happen. Apathy will begin to set in. And where we were once strong and where we were once committed and where we were once uh, uh, determined to seek after Christ and to know Christ, we will slowly begin this process of dying. We're cutting off the flow of life. So you see, when we're united to the body, the entire body benefits See, Yogi, by you being here, and George, by you being here, Monique, by you being here, and, and, and Gina, by, Gina, by you being here, and Joey, by you being here, and, and Bob, by you being here, while we're all sitting here in our own little seats, what we fail to realize is that in the spiritual realm, the way God has designed it, you're impacting Joey. Joel, you're impacting Yogi. And on and on and on, something beautiful happens when we dwell together, when we work together. A believer cut off from the body lacks the complete flow of what God desires to manifest through their life. That's not my idea, ladies and gentlemen. We see that scripturally. And so... Which leads me to my next point. If you'll turn with me real quick to John chapter 17, verse 20. It says this, starting at verse 20, it says, My prayer is not for them alone. This is Jesus praying, not just for the disciples, but for the entire body. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Check this out. Jesus was praying for you and me before we ever hit the scene. Verse 21, that all of them... Say that with me. May be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm not even going to read the rest. Because that right there is a mouthful. It, it says so much. See, unity will impact our influence in the world. 
How many of you believe the words of Jesus when he said, go and make disciples? I'm sending you to go to the world. I'm sending you to be a light into the world. I'm sending you to be the salt of the earth. I'm sending you to make a difference. I'm sending you to be my representative. I'm sending you to be an ambassador unto the entire world. That's what scripture declares. So the thing about it is this. When we unite, guess what happens? The impact is possible in this world. The strength is in the pack, ladies and gentlemen. Because we all draw from one another. You might say, oh, well, you're pastor. You're all right all by yourself. I'm better because of you. I'm growing because of you. I'm strengthened because of you. I'm encouraged because of you. I mean, and you know why? It's not that my emphasis is you per se, independent of God. But what God is doing in you and through you is a benefit to me just as much as it is a benefit to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, that's how it works. That's how God designed it. You know, the number one reason why so many people in this day and age don't know Christ, don't know the love of God, is because the body of Christ today to some extent, is divided. You know, we had this issue with Katrina. Not Katrina, I'm sorry, with uh, Hurricane Harvey. And it's amazing to me, not just how many people from the world went after Joel Osteen. How many Christians went against Joel Osteen? How many believers jumped on the social media bandwagon shooting down a man of God? Does it matter that his, some, some of his theology, might, you might not agree with it? It doesn't matter that maybe he doesn't preach the way you want him to preach. It doesn't matter that he has some imperfections. He's still a part of the body. The word of God says this, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Guess what? He qualifies. He qualifies. He is a part of the body. He is a part of the body. And you know what's sad? When, body, when the body begins to reject parts of its own body, guess what happens? The whole body hurts. My heart breaks for where we've come to as a nation and as a people of God that despite our differences, we can get to the point where we reject our own body publicly. That's a shame to the discredit of many believers today. And look, there's no condemnation in that. I'm not putting anyone down here. But as I say, you can finish this sentence for me, for some of you that have been here for a while. If the shoe fits, change it. We have, to, uh, we have to see the way God sees. See, only a united church, listen closely, only a united church can heal a divided nation. Only a united body can heal a divided land. It takes oneness amongst us. Jesus said this, They shall know that you are my disciples 
by your love for one another. Wow. See, the greater our unity, the louder our voices. The greater our unity as the body of Christ, the louder our messages of a loving God, a merciful God, a graceful God, a, a, a forgiving God, a God who paid the ultimate price. Only then will this world hear that. Will people hear that when they see unity amongst us? We are one body. And when we are one body, the impact of the kingdom is greater. You see how unity impacts the entire community? Turn with me to Ephesians 4.16. We were reading this before, but I want to make a point from it. Ephesians 4.16 says this, For from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Unity strengthens the body and it lightens our load. Unity strengthens the body and it lightens our load. You ever uh, hurt a body part and still had to do something that required some physical strength? Right? Let's just say, for example, you hurt your pinky. Right? And your job requires you to do physical, manual labor. Lifting things. Maybe you're building things. Whatever it is. That one finger, while you can still go on, I can assure you of this, that that one little pinky finger hurt while doing that work will impact the overall effectiveness of your entire body to complete what you're doing. See, unity strengthens the body and it lightens our load. The strength of the church is in you and I doing our part. I remember uh, there's an event that we do that we're going to be doing again in October. It's a trunk or treat event. Um, and I remember that, you know, coming across this information that in this city, particularly where we're located, home base, uh, that uh, when it came to uh, Halloween, that children felt, families felt unsafe uh, when they went to get candy, so they would go to neighboring towns. Now, we don't celebrate Halloween, and there are some people that subscribe to the opinion that said, well, that's the devil's day. Well, that's not in Scripture. The Word says that this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. In the devil doesn't get a day. He doesn't get a day. And so what we saw was a dark spot that needed some light to shine. Get it? We're the light of the world. We should be looking for dark places and go shine there. And so what we said is, let's meet a need and at the same time bring forth the gospel. And so I had this grand idea. I said to my wife, "Hun, we're going to approach the city. We're going to ask them to give us the entire uh, 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 parking lot for the rec department. Uh, there's like 100 cars that can fit there. And we're going to put it out to the church. And we're going to reach out to other churches. And we're going to bring in a bunch of people. And everybody's going to decorate their trunks. And we're going to give out candy. And we're going to give out information on the gospel. And we're going to love on people. And we're going to do all this. And while I'm saying all this, in the back of my mind, it's like, how are you going to do this? You just started as a church. You got about 35 people. We weren't even running multiple services. For crying out loud, we were still in the hotel. No, we were here already. 
But when we started this process, we were at the hotel in the Hudson Valley Conference. We didn't have our own space at the time. And I began to dream about this, and I said to my wife, Hern, how do we do this? <laughs> Here's how we did it. Joey, being that you volunteered for me before, I'm just going to use you. Joey, I want you to sit right here. Sit right there, Joey. Now, I could possibly lift Joey up to some extent, but I doubt it, right? Okay, I can kind of get him up off the floor. I can kind of get him up off the floor, right? Just kind of, right? Joe, come on over here. Come on over here. Naomi, come on over here. Bob, can you join us real quick? Go ahead and just grab somewhere anyway. Joe, you grab over there. Bob, you grab there. Naomi, you grab there. Ready? One, two, three. Wow. Wow. Doesn't that change things? Doesn't that change things? I want you to thank you guys. I want you to consider something here. That pulling this event together, pulling it off the first time, kind of looked like this. This guy is heavy. He's, so, he's solid, right? But then all of a sudden, I said, Lord, how are we going to do this? Started talking to my buddy Joel. Started talking, started just sharing the vision with people. Guys, there's a need in this community. We can do this. We had 37 cars that first year. We went out to the local body of Christ. And I'm not judging anyone. I'm not putting anyone down. We got zero response back except for one church. And the few, the proud, just like the Marines, we pulled that event off. 900 people came out that first event. 900 people, and we love the socks off of every one of them. We're at a point now where we're pushing 2,000 plus, and this year's even bigger. The, the ministry that we came from this year reached out to us and says, look, our event has gotten so to, to such an extent, we can't do it. How can we help you as the body? How can we support you? How can we help you make that event bigger and better for an entire city? The body working together. See that? We're better together than we are apart. Joe, you can move your chair. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Joey's a brave one, man, because if I would have dropped you. <laughs> Look, we don't have much time. and we, we do have to close out with communion. But I just want to leave you with this one point, and I'm not going to really dig too much into it for the sake of time. Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3 says this. It says, Behold, in other words, pay attention to this. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I want you to see what the Bible says. Good and pleasant is present when we dwell in unity. Good things are happening when we dwell in unity. Pleasant things are manifesting when we dwell in unity. I get it. There are things that pull at you in life. But don't you allow anything to pull you away from the body of Christ. There is love amongst the body. 
There is support amongst the body. There is strength amongst the body. There are answers amongst the body. There is peace in the body. There's provision amongst the body, amongst us all together. We need one, one another, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 2 says this, that when we dwell together, that it is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard of Aaron. Running down to the edge of his garments. Verse 3 says, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. I just want to point something out to you about this. That when we dwell in unity, truly the entire community benefits. When the Bible references oil, it's not simply referencing the act of pouring oil. It's referring to the anointing of God, the presence of God, the strength of God. Ladies and gentlemen, when we dwell in unity together, guess what? God is at his best flowing through us. I want to point something else out to you as we close here. Notice in verse 3 that it says, For there, there, where? As one. There, where? In unity. There, the Lord has commanded his blessing. There is life evermore. You want to see every blessing that God has already blessed you with and deposited in you flowing through your life? It happens in unity with the body. You want to see life evermore, the abundant life that Jesus says is ours? There, in unity amongst the body. Unity. It impacts the entire community of the body of Christ. We're better together than we are apart. We need.